Hello and welcome to No Applause, Just the Clap, the only show that has two openings. My voice almost cracked on that one. I'm like, are you going through puberty again? <clears throat> two openings. Well, I mean, you didn't have me last week to say the other no, one. No, we too. didn't. Yeah. Uh, we just jumped into what was distracting me, which we will talk about later. Um, so, this one's going to get a little personal, a little weird, so no judges. Deborah will be over here being very quiet. But still judging. So, mm-hmm. I was watching this impregnation fantasy porn video. I think I just inhaled an ice cube because I wasn't expecting that. And. What the fuck, Doug? The dirty talk's usually a little better on this. Um. So. Girl's cute. I was, I was getting there, and then she got clinical. Used the words ejaculate and cervix, and that took the blood right out of it. Well, I have to tell you two things about that. One, you never say ejaculate during a sexual experience. Literally never. And the only way you're allowed to say cervix during a sexual experience is if somebody is banging you too hard and hitting your cervix and you need a couple minutes to breathe. I think you mean diaphragm. I'm uh, getting, I know, I know, I know. I'm no doctor, but I know. Fair enough. That's not true, I don't. I'm not, I'm going to be perfectly honest. I, I was going to uh, leave that one the decades alone. on the surface, I still don't know where you girls pee out of. Um, Do you want me to explain it to you? Nope. Okay. I got Google. I could, if I wanted to know, I could continue on um i also saw in apropos of previous comment um i saw this ad for wild turkey and one i didn't know wild wild turkey turkey. honey no because that one's awful no but in the vein of that i didn't realize wild turkey even had commercials um they normally don't they just send out the promo girls so that sounded worse than i meant it to this guy's walking around the town with a bottle of wild turkey and he ends up like meeting a friend on the beach and they pour it into like, you know, like rocks glasses and they cheers and they're like, oh, here's to like a life and a good party, a good, a good night, whatever. And that is so ridiculously not how wild turkey is consumed at all. I actually have a really weird memory, which you may not appreciate having to do with wild turkey. Probably involves someone we both worked with. And involves Paris and the Platte. Yeah, no, I... And me drinking wild turkey in my coffee on my 18th birthday there. No, they didn't serve it to me. We brought it ourselves. Yeah, no, you couldn't have. The bar wasn't part of the thing yet. But like I said, yeah, me drinking wild turkey in my coffee on my. I don't think I would have even been working there yet. You were not. No, yeah. So, go nuts. No. Oh, that was that was the end of the story. (laughs) No, there's there's more to the story, but that's not important. But it was just one of those. Yeah, I I defiled your place. I want realistic. I want realistic beer ads. Or I'm sorry, I want realistic liquor ads. Like I want. The blackout drunk, and maybe I know right now, political zeitgeist, um, probably not a good one to start talking about blackout drunk. Um, that was your takeaway? <laughs> um, but yeah, wild turkey is not like, oh, let's sip it on the beach. That is. I think wild not. turkey is kind of like Bacardi 151, where it's like, hey, let me forget all the shit that I just did. It's like, it, that's like, or if, light it on fire. It's like if I saw a benign for logo ad, I'd be like, that is <laughs> not 
how it happens. So, years ago, when Four Loco... Well, so I had Four Loco, I burned my eyebrows off, lighting a cigarette off a fire pit, trying to seduce a friend's girlfriend. I actually remember that story, but I was saying, um, when Four Loco first came out... I'm taking out, it to the street, Depth Sons playing. How long is your story going to be? Very short. Could you stretch it out a little bit? Yes, go on. Like I said, when Four Loco first came out, one, it was impossible to find all the flavors everywhere. Two, it was such a low-grade, basically teenage fucking Smirnoff ice, it was really strange to deal with, and I had a friend that absolutely wanted to plan an entire horror movie where every time you drink Four Loco, you were attacked by some kind of villain. I don't mean, like, random murderer, I mean, like, ghost or demon. Which I get, it's fucking Four Loco. And it was still kind of weird. So, yeah. Reaction shot. Yeah. Um, that was a great story. I loved every minute detail of it. We all know you went to go do something. Yes, I did. Um, <laughs> so, those were my open ideas. They were not great. Um, <laughs> they were not bad. That's true. They in were, they were many, merely adequate and opened the show. Hey, they guess, did their job. Guess what we get to say now. In our many years of recording, that wasn't your worst opening. No, I guarantee I could look at stuff and, yeah. And uh, we haven't talked about it in a long time, but you remember how the podcast started. Because my then-boyfriend would not watch Zoolander with me, and you and I had a fucking 45-minute conversation about David Bowie and movies. Yes, we did. Oh, crap, now I want to watch Firewalk with me. That was the one you forgot. Yes, it is, but I still want to watch it. Why? Because I watched The Labyrinth recently. Two radically different movies. Yes, but they both have Bowie. That's very true. Um, I think we, we, it was Bowie cameos, I think, was the one. No, we it was about because I was, like I said, I was seeing... I was seeing well, I but you wanna, dropped the hunger, so you like know, I said, he I, was actually in there. I don't want to say his last name, but like I said, I was seeing boyfriend Ben at that point in time, and he would not watch Zoolander with me. Which makes no sense. The first one's funny. <sighs> if you knew him, it would make a little more sense. I'm pretty sure he's what? pretty high on the autistic list. Like yeah, he who just, doesn't find that movie funny? Dead oh, people. He's not. He, I'm pretty sure he still works for Kendall. Lives in San Francisco. Kendall? Yeah. What's Kendall? Amazon's e-reader. Kindle. Kindle. There you go. Like I said, it was just one of those things where you did not have the same sense of humor as normal people, and I had to, you know, do certain behaviors a certain way to keep him happy. That sounds awful. Well, it doesn't sound violent, because it was not, but still. Um, and you know what is violent? Trying to reorganize my comics and getting super pissed when I realize all of my Fable and Transmetropolitan comics are completely out of fucking order and single issues. Speaking of comics, I'll get there. I'll make the segue. Um, it's been a while. <laughs> uh, so this one's kind of a little dated, uh, but the Preacher finale. Um, while I have not complained about the show, I, like I have. It. Um, my big thing is that they know the road markers they need to hit, but they take a different way to get there. I don't trust Seth Rogen and his writing partner because of Green Hornet. Yeah, but you can't judge them on one misstep. I can judge them on an awful fucking misstep. If anybody else took that misstep, it would have broken their fucking leg. Yeah, man, you are unforgiving. Have you rewatched Green Hornet? Thank God you're not on a Senate subcommittee for SCOTUS. <laughs> mm. 
Yeah, you can't, can't backpedal your way out of that one. Like I said, P.S. Adam Driver and SNL this week was really good. I've heard Drake's really funny. Anyway. Um, also, Matt Damon is Kavanaugh. That's what I heard. Really, was, really good. Um, uh, but speaking of things with horrible content, the Preacher finale, um, it hits the... I told you I will make every segue I have to to get through this list. Um, <laughs> this is... this is I'm, I'm on a... I'm on a mission this episode. It was a landmark graphic novel with very strong content, and they have not treated it how it should be treated. I disagree. I disagree. I think that... Especially they should when you have, have done a literal, probably 22 series miniseries and gotten through everything and then shut the fucking hell up. Well, I think, what was it? The guy who, uh, whose name I'm forgetting all of a sudden, but he was the... And it's a bad example, but he was the guy who directed um, the first Ghost Rider. Whatever his that name is. That is really not a good example. No, I know, I know, I know. But it, it, but he 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 was one that was bringing it to HBO where they actually got to the point where they were doing like the makeup test with yes, Artface. Yes, but it didn't go to HBO, did it? It went to AMC. Which means which is it not has a bad less thing, money but my, and less my point room is to that, grow. My point is that... Oh, God, I almost had his fucking name. But anyway, it's something like Mark Stevenson or something like that. Something really something banal. generic. Yeah. Um, he wanted to do an issue, an episode... But I think when they brought Which in... still would have been less than the episodes that they've made. What? There's not that many episodes. It would have been a very limited series. And well, it would have been doing... about... It would have been, depending on how many episodes, I mean, if you're looking, what, a year, let's say a year per season, so 12 episodes, let's say. I'm probably more saying like 18 or 22, but all right. Well, then you eat it up in two seasons. Yeah. What's the problem with that? I disagree with that, especially based on the Mark Stevenson, assuming that's his name. Considering how much he people to, well, have been me. completely disappointed with the content coming out in the last year, I disagree. Based on what? Maybe they should tell, have finished tell, it. Tell me how you judge the show you don't watch. Please. No, I've watched it. How much have you watched it? All of it. Are you? Are you completely caught up? I am. Because I think that they're doing things where they're exploring... And, I, and they've got Garth Ennis and Rest in Peace Steve Dillon... But, I mean, they had an excellent point on the first season where you really don't see That was the first preaching. season. What fucking season are we on now? A third just ended. Yeah. And they um, haven't gotten back to that high point. What? Are you kidding me? The fact that the whole season was about Angelville and it ends on them getting to Masada... Well, it ends with um, Star kidnapping or having... Kid, yeah, ca- kidnapping Cassidy. They would have done much better taking with a much more fucking... I was going to say centralized and concentrated comments. They would have been much better with the centralized and concentrated comments. Their comment on the material would have been better if they had done it in a very small area as opposed to trying to stretch it out as long as they have. Well, I think think exploring Angelville and exploring TC... Well, exploring the grandmother grandma more... Exploring Angelville and Grandma Moore—that's depressing as fuck. Yeah, which is but fine. But I you liked don't it. need to drag it out so long. Yeah, but you don't want to move too fast either. You do want to have things breathe, and I think exploring Angelville was really good this season. I think it because there was no—I mean, there's really not a lot of texture to the Angelville group to, to Grandma, TC, and Jody. They're basically just awful people, and Jody was destroyed. Um. 
What do you mean Jody was destroyed? Mentally and physically. Jody. Yeah. The tank of a man was yes. physically destroyed. I meant like emotionally and then was beat on to form him into who he is now. Okay, they don't really get into their childhoods. Yes, um, but you and I know that. No, I mean in, in, either, in either medium. Um, I, I, but they made, did, I made an assumption. Yeah, no, no, but they do explore more of like Jesse's upbringing. It's not just, oh, they put him in the box. That was it. They introduced a thing like um, this weird... I don't want to call them zombies, but uh, now I'm getting zombified. But really, the tombs didn't do. I mean, that was a really interesting addition to the mythology of preacher. I still feel like they should have condensed a lot of it. Yeah, but then you don't. I have feel the like AMC is doing the, the same mistake payoffs. they fucking made with Walking Dead, where they should have condensed a lot of the, it. Then that, that I agree with. Um, it's the same thing. They should have condensed the material I don't and not worn out their agree. actors I've and been, done tired storylines. I've been rereading Preacher, not like a straight through run, like I've been reading other stuff in between, but rereading the Angelville storyline from the comics. It's so fucking difficult. No. No, no, um, I mean just with how bad things were and all the things all the characters went through. Right, but it's very quick. Oh, I, I didn't say it was and really, bad. And really, Grandma just... is just this kind of weird emotional boogeyman where, yeah, you do have the payoff that she dies. But rereading it after watching the show, I'm like, I would have liked to have seen a bit more of what they did in the show, which was really add to the characters, in my opinion, in a positive way. My point is that they have those, they have that roadmap. They know where they need to get to. Yeah, they take different well, approaches to it. Well, let me ask you two questions. Because, like, are you mad that, that um, Anvil, the, the town from the first season, with that um, Jesse Custer accidentally explodes in the comic, when Genesis... No, hold on. When Sorry, Genesis I bonds with in, in the comics, bonding with Genesis explodes the town. Mm-hmm. Or explodes the church with everyone in it, anyway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, in the comics, it was... Or, I'm sorry, in the show, it was the reveal that God is not in heaven... The whole town loses their shit, and it ends up exploding. Do you disagree? Well, I mean, do well now you... I have four comments. Okay, go. What? No, I'm not mad about that. Do I think that the way they did in the comics was more interesting and better for the general story? Yes, I it do. It was faster. It got the characters where I needed to get to what quicker. What did I but... really like in the comics? One, there's a part where they're trying to track God, and they basically come into contact with a gay detective that won't admit it. Oh, 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 oh. There you oh. go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, the, I know that the was... New, the New York storyline. Like I said, I knew that was a very short storyline, but I still thought it was very interesting and very smart. Yeah. It's very Garth Ennis. Um, will we see Psy eventually? I'd like to think so. And, and Bridges and whatever the... And that was about my third comment, is that they've stretched it out so much that people aren't as excited to see it anymore and that despite the fact they still have really strong, interesting characters to introduce, people don't fucking care as much. I think... I think Garth Ennis, as an executive producer, is maybe not consciously doing this, but I like that maybe in the back of his brain he's thinking the same thing that Todd McFarlane did with Spawn. Now, talk about missteps... 
Let's talk about Spawn and giant fucking missteps. Um, well, we're And you we're and not. I have both very much enjoyed a Garth Ennis book. We both listened to Superhero. That's Grant Morrison. You are correct. Excuse me. But I'm just saying, we have listened to a creator of a giant genre and list of characters and understood how the brain works a little bit. And so, with Garth Ennis, I get that he has so many other things on his brain and that he's thinking about, that it's just one weird little tract he's going off on, but he either needs to focus or step the fuck off. I don't agree with any of that at all. I think that it gets boring telling the same story over and over and over again, and a different iteration is fine. That's great. Maybe he should get better grip on it. Well, I don't think it's just him. But he should have a lot of input and influence. He does, and I think that's why you see the first season being kind of a prequel to the comic, and why you see them delve into deeper into the, like I said, mythology and the background of, of Angelville. Um, and then I finally guess. getting and then finally getting to Masada. Like I said, I get that season one was a hit and season two was quote unquote well received. Nobody's really talked about season three. No, but I think it is very cult. I mean I, I, I wouldn't say that. I'd say that very few people attach themselves it's a critical to it because darling. of fucking Seth Rogan. Deb, you gotta you gotta learn how to like you're literally arguing yourself into circles a lot of this. But it's just one of those where, like I said, it hasn't been as well received season after season after season because they're dragging it too much. Do you think they're dragging it because you're used to the pacing of the comic? I think they're dragging it because you and I will keep watching it, and the main audience they're trying to grab has never read the comic. You and I know we have wonderful characters to look forward to and see how they react to. Other people do not. Other people have no idea. But I think they're doing a good job at grabbing, quote-unquote, the general public by telling a slightly different version of the comic. I don't have a problem with that. You and I have had conversations before about how I'm actually pretty good at separating a book and a movie. They didn't do a good job with this one because the only reason I'm continuing watching it's, it... It's too separated. No, the only reason I'm continuing watching it is because the comic gives me hope they'll introduce better characters and storylines. Who are some of the characters you're looking forward to seeing? Because I'm... They've pretty much hit everybody. Well, I mean, in I'll, my opinion. I'll watch Jesse forever. Huh? I'll watch Jesse forever. Yeah. Not if you're Ruth Nega in real life, but yeah. I think I think part I get of that, that was, it's okay that they work a lot together, and I think no, but it's one of those things where I think they kind of had maybe almost like a Deborah and Brandon breakup, where they were both like, "Yeah, okay, we're out. We're still friends. We still get along. We still work together, but we're done here." But they did a lot of stuff. They were on World of Warcraft together. I know they or, worked on everything just, together. I mean, and admittedly, he did not work with her when she was the girl in the flower dress for you know. And Shield. And he still. wasn't in um, Misfits either. She was. The is show, it, is not it the band. bad that we both knew that? Yeah, she plays a girl with the oof, heart transplant, some kind of organ it's transplant. Been a while. She gets the teleportation it's powers. Been a while. Should should we continue? She bangs the. Uh, you wanted to get through TV since I did. TV is coming. Well, I wanted to get through everything on the list, not necessarily TV. Um, you have had a problem getting through a book that I slammed through. Um, Hollywood one? Dead by Richard Cadry. Now, I still haven't I wish gotten we through have, it yet. I wish we would have done this off air, but 
Do you want to talk about it, or do you want to No, go ahead. You know that spoilers don't bother me in the fucking slightest. Great. Spoilers. Um, This comes out of him... It it picks up pretty much where it left off, Deb. In the last last book... He came back for candy, but he also made a deal to make that happen. The metaphorical devil. Um, Because the literal devil's in it. Not in the new book, but... now I literally cannot think of what his angel name is. Who's that? Lucifer. Samuel? There you go. Um, so he comes back, he's working for, quote-unquote, the bad guys for the last couple books, kind of the shadowy... I see them magic basically as just a giant government, corporation, but okay. I see more as kind of a weird shadow government, because it seems to be a lot of like power players and money as opposed to... Well, one of the big things that was addressed in the last books is that most Hollywood stars sign contracts with them, so even after they're dead... They still have life and money. This is literally where the name of the book comes from, Hollywood, Hollywood Dead. Because they talk dead, about dead, Marilyn Monroe. Where you're, oh, huh? They talk about Marilyn Monroe in the last book. They, Yeah, they bring up a few other stars in the new one. But, um, and this is in the first like two paragraphs. Because, you know, he's not, we, we're not a huge fan of his book titles. <sighs> but Hollywood titles Dead, the way he explains it right up top, it's like, okay, I can see where you're coming from, where he says, there's dead, and then there's Hollywood dead. And when you're dead dead, you're just a slab of meat. Okay, but when you're Hollywood thing. dead, you're, you're still a slab of meat, but you got curly fries on the side. Here's the thing, though. I Love feel like one. it would have been a better book title to just call it Hollywood Undead. Uh, implies Because they're zombies. dead, but they're not dead dead. So, But they're kind of zombies. He basically takes a really weird arc in this one, where he's basically driven completely by guilt. Um, guilt over the dead ex-girlfriend. Would you call her an ex-girlfriend? Alice. Alice, but would you call yes. her an ex-girlfriend? Okay. Well, I wouldn't call her an ex-girlfriend. I would say dead Former girl- girlfriend. I'd, like Former I said, girlfriend. I'd say dead girlfriend. Well. You left a big table today. Yeah. You want to pay for it? So, <laughs> they, he, he does this arc where he's driven by the guilt of that. Uh, he's driven by the guilt of leaving Candy. Well, Candy got um, back together with Brinko, though, which I'm fine with. They have a monogamous there's relationship. There's another... Th- sorry, sorry, they have a poly relationship. There's a different girl, I think, now. Really? Yeah. I mean, I always fucking hated Brinko, because Brinko was ago. kind of a C. No, it's not still. It's not the like weird anime girl that, he en- that she ends up with the first time. But anyway... He's basically um, she driven didn't by... end up with a weird anime girl the first time. She was the weird anime girl. No, 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 but... Uh, th- they talk about how like the girl she was dating was like dressed like the weird J-pop demons. Wasn't yeah, it's it? probably Brinko. Yeah, um, yeah, she's out. Um, really? Because in the end of the last book, which yes, I know, I'm completely two books ago. The, the, the last book pretty much happens in the Tabernacle or whatever it is. The weird like Tabernathy. That's not how it's pronounced. Is that how it's pronounced? I have no fucking idea. Well, you, you're the one that listens to books. I have no idea how... It's is me- it Vidoc? Is that even how you pronounce that character's name? <laughs> it's Vidoc. Alright, I'm not too far off having read it, and there's a Q in it. Um, so he's pretty much driven by guilt the entire book. Um, as he's slowly rotting away. And maybe this has something to do with the fact that it's been optioned for a film. But the end of the book, he's kind of resurrected. Is not quite the right word, but kind of renewed, um, and it almost seems like a soft reboot. Uh, he loses his 
see, you listen to it, so I don't know how I'm gonna pronounce if I'm gonna pronounce this right. But he loses the is it Kishi? Kishi. Kishi, okay, so it's got like the double okay, I got gotcha. He loses a Kishi arm. And I could not for the fucking life of me think of that goddamn word two days ago. Kishi? Yes. Fair enough. Um he loses a Kishi arm. He has got the uh, what is it, the key to the room of doors or whatever that is. Um, I think it's called the, the room, room of, of thirteen doors. doors, whatever it is. Um, he's got that back. Most of his scars have been healed. I still don't think we've gotten enough about Saint James, but that's not really my fucking. He gets business. brought up in this book, um, not for very long. And I mean, but at this point, you and I have both met Cadbury. Yeah, he's kind of an intense guy. And maybe that's just because he was... I don't want to say anything was... insulting, so we'll just say No, I didn't we'll say anything insulting. Like I said, he's a kind of an intense guy. And maybe it's just because he was traveling and couldn't sleep. But considering how much humor there is in his books, I was very surprised. Yeah, his demeanor was... And disappointed. Not, not what I expected. Or pleasant. I will say that. No, Brian Nazarella was unpleasant. Uh, but I expected that. Um, but like I said, we've both met him at this point, and... I was disappointed, especially with the Coop Heist books, considering how much humor there was in there. Yeah, he's not very up, like, he's not very funny in person. I don't need him to be funny. I need him to not be a dick. See, that's what I was trying to avoid. Um, and I said it. But it seems very odd that he, after ten books, is kind of hitting a soft, kind of a soft reboot on the character. Um, but I mean, what else is he supposed to do? You can only build a character so fucking much. And unless he wants to go like full on Anita Blake, where she's basically just fucking everyone, he needs to reboot the character. Okay. So and no, it's... I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean that in a realistic way. Okay, I just, you know, I worry about alienating your... Core reader your, group. Uh, well, your audience in that um, you're trying to keep the character fresh for you, but we're not really in the market for it. You know what I mean? Think of yourself as a human and how many times you've kind of I, mentally... I like to think of myself... Well, actually, I hate no, to but think of like myself I said, Think about how many times you've mentally reset yourself. Yeah. It's a lot. Okay. And I don't mean you. I mean everyone. At least right. anyone who's even vaguely healthy. Okay. You mentally reset yourself a lot. And that's where I kind of see this going with Slim right now is that he's going to change kind of his outlook and his mental status because he came back from hell, he did all of these fucking things, and then he got sent back to hell again, and now he's and again. back again and needs to deal with it differently. Yeah, okay. That's just my thought. It's just a realigning. It's a complete realigning. Okay. And I have no problem with that in a book series that have been going on for that long. Okay, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Like I said, that's just my thoughts on it. You know who desperately needs some realignment? Anita Blake. Bojack Horseman. I disagree. Season five. Okay, I liked season five, but it was very emotionally difficult. Well, the theme of the season was sadness. So, and are I we, wish are I we going to talk about Todd at all? But though we're going to, every character in that is dealing with the most relentless tap dance around just. The worst depression. <laughs> yes, and they live in L.A., and most of them work either in journalism or as actors. Well, in the industry, really. Um, that makes I sense. Mean, you have that Thank with, you, um, what's her name? 
Well, Diane. Diane, which, frankly, parts of her story really bothered me. How so? It's more the fact that I really fucking hate Mr. Peanut Butter, and I still can't believe they were ever together or married. Did it make you happy cringe when, like, his whole, like, kind of dating cycle gets explained? With, with pickles? Well, with every one of his exes. Despite the fact that he's been married for three times now and divorced every fucking time. Yeah, and they explain yeah, exactly. that whole thing? Yeah, Explain yes, it for me, Deb. I'm not going to go through the whole thing. Okay. But I, I get that, you know, Diane also is trying to deal with her own shit. She had mm-hmm. a super fucked up relationship with her father and her entire family. And yes, I did love the joke about her being in Vietnam, but she was really on a movie set. No, she was really in Vietnam. But then they went to the movie set and she had yeah. to pretend she was Vietnamese. She yeah, pretended she was, was Vietnamese. didn't speak English. Yeah. Um, like I said, did I appreciate that? Yeah, I really did. But did I fucking hate that she had Mr. Peanut... I, did I hate that she had Mr. Peanut Butter pick her up from the airport and sign divorce papers and then have them be happy friends the entire car ride? Well, just the car ride. So they got maybe two hours out of that. And it does tick me off a little bit that, yes, yeah, she lives in a shitty apartment, but it's more the fact that she never tried to unpack or make it better. Why? Because she was just that fucking depressed. Yeah. I mean, every, literally everyone's dealing with something real in this. This is one of those where I... mean, I, I like the interactions between Bojack and Hollyhock, but it also... Very takes, limited. They're season. extremely limited, but it also ticks me off that, one, he was completely addicted to pills, and that completely ruined his relationship with Hollyhock again, because she was convinced I he was going to drug her. relationship with pretty much everyone. But, like I said, Hollyhock was convinced he was going to drug her again because of what happened last season. With the mom accidentally, exactly. accidentally drugging her. Yes. Um, speaking of the mom, let's talk about the standout episode, because every season has that one episode. <laughs> this one was the funeral episode. I, I honestly, honestly thought they were going to cut away to something else. Thank you. But I watched I kept the waiting whole for the fucking flashback. thing. But I watched the whole fucking thing. It got to the point where, like, at for like the first five minutes, like I was like, "This can't be the whole episode." The an entire like just Bojack eulogy monologue. There's no way this is the entire episode. I'm waiting it's for pronounced a flashback. you googly. Zoolander. Sorry. Um, it didn't fly by, no, but it didn't, it didn't crawl but the way I thought it would. It also didn't it did force me to stop along. it. No. I, like I said, I only stopped it because I was like, there's no way this is going to be the whole episode. Um, I do have to ask you one specific thing about that, though. How horrible... The best punchline ever at the end of the episode. But I mean, how horrible was it for you when he realized he was at the wrong fucking funeral? Yeah, the best punchline ever. I did That the, and the whole conversation about her wanting open casket and her face. That was funny. I'm oh. sorry. The fact that he treated it more like a roast was hilarious. And because then, that's the only way he knows how to deal with it. But then, like, yeah, like the muffled, like the, uh, the like the uncomfortable and also the, muffled, <gasps> the like uncomfortable reactions to his jokes, and then when he finally figures out he's at the wrong funeral at the very end, was one of the most masterful, brilliant strokes of comedy I've ever seen. Um, that I loved it. Well, I loved it. I have a couple other. And then questions. I saw the ICU joke Excuse coming me. a mile away. Uh, that took uh, me way longer than it should have to realize. I, immediately, I, the minute I he said, see you. the minute he said she was in the hospital and she said I see you, I was like, 
she's reading the sign for the incre- which if, intensive care unit. Like mm, I know exactly what that was Unfortunately, just made me think of the uh, athlete Peekaboo Street, but still. Like the the minute that, the fact that he like hit that like that that part of the the eulogy, like for so long, I was like, there's no reason why he's talking about this so much without that joke coming back. Like that that Chekhov's gun, I was like, I knew it, I knew exactly when it was going to yes, go off. Yes, we know that Chekhov's gone. He died in a terrible accident. What? Chekhov. Okay. The actor who played him in the new Star Trek. Uh huh. Are you not familiar with the fact that he died in a really terrible car accident? Yes. Are you not familiar with the term Chekhov's gun? I can't make that joke. Okay, Jesus. Well, he died in a car accident. So what does that have to do with a gun? Well, maybe if he had a gun, he would have been able to shoot the car and stop it from pinning him against his gate and killing him. I don't think you know how guns work. No, I really don't. Okay. I do have a few other questions for you about this specific season. Okay. One, how difficult was it to watch the scene where Bojack's getting picked up by his father in the car as a little kid in the soccer That's the funeral field? episode. But I'm just saying, how... That got real. Like I said, how intense was that? That, that got damn real. Apparently the father is basically freaking Hemingway, except not talented. And give zero fucks about his mother or his child. Not his child's mother. Well, that yeah, no. Basically his family. I mean, I, and that was... I, didn't they, they... They did the whole thing about the parents' relationship on the last season, right? Where yeah. the mom's remembering everything? Okay. And she was um, the one with the money. Like I said, she was the one with the money. And that's why he stayed with her. Yeah. But I, I think he also... I mean, I think he... He's also... I mean, I think they're just hideously flawed... He has... well, I get that they're hideously flawed. Maybe they shouldn't have had a fucking kid. Well, it's also fake, Deb. This like Bojack doesn't. He's fine. <laughs> like you know what I mean. So on that plane, let's talk about Princess Carolyn's storyline. Oof. Which was incredibly difficult to handle for two different storylines. One, her getting pregnant with the rich boy miscarrying, and two, oh, yeah. her fucking mother. Well, setting setting up. Well, basically paying off a setup, which was. Because she's always miscarried, it seemed, from what I'm to understand. Like, if I remember no, when, right... No, when she and the mouse from the last season were trying to get pregnant, they got yeah. pregnant and she miscarried. And then you cut to, well, flashback to, yeah, her and the... Rich boy. Was he an eagle or something? I don't... Some I think kind he of was, bird? I think he was an eagle. He might have been yeah. a hawk. Whatever. But like Some I said, kind of it was one of those where she was with him because she felt that, and then her mother immediately turned it into a way right. to, to take advantage this, of the you're situation. You're winning the lottery. Is like this is your way out of this, like you know, However, sad life. They they do talk about all of her other siblings and that she was the only one to stay and take care of her mother, and that she essentially had to kind of harden her no, heart. No, it was so codependent, and you see that at the no, end when the mom fucking, says, stay. "No, it was super codependent." But she really did have to harden her heart to fucking leave for the betterment of of her of the of, of Princess Caroline, not the mother. But like I said, it was one of those things where she went back to that little town to try and adopt a child. Yeah. And I have not laughed so inappropriately loud as I have when she was at the fucking barbecue for her adopted baby mama. Oh, God. That was the most rednecky thing I've ever seen. I was born in Kentucky. That was bad. You were born in Kentucky? Yes, Lexington. Lived there till I was five. Okay, so you're not like one of those weird Appalachian families that steal no. people. No. Okay. Despite the fact that my father was born in West Virginia. That's full of Appalachian people that steal yeah, people. Yeah, which mm-hmm. means we should take Greek or Latin as a language. Should take what? 
Um, if you're Appalachian in the mountains, most of the time they have Latin as a required course in your schooling. So they know how to talk? So they know how to read the Bible in Latin. Well, I mean, that makes sense. I mean, it's still in an archaic up. kind of it's way. It's still super fucked up, but yeah. Um, but like I said, no. Like I said, I grew up basically near a horse park in Kentucky till I was five. And hmm. I have literally one memory of being in Kentucky, and you're going to laugh when I say it. Moonshine. It was raining. On, no, it was raining on one side of the street and not the other. I've had that. Yes, but I was okay. five, so I didn't understand that might be something that happened. I thought someone was controlling like it. You s- thought the rain was broken. According oh, to oh, you thought it was Jesus. No, I thought someone was God's controlling tears. it. Even by five, oh, I like did not that's how like, like that's how the neighbor watered his lawn. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I was five. There, like I said, I asked my mother about that many years later, and she tells me the reason I remember that is because there was an incredible thunderstorm afterwards that scared the fuck out of me, and that's probably why that memory is glued in my brain. Okay. But like I said, I just... Was it a good season? Yes. <laughs> it was a good season. Was it a hard season? It was a yes. very hard season. This one was season. a lot harder emotionally than the other ones. Season four was really now that, fucking hard. Oh, that was the one where he thinks it's his daughter. Yes, yeah. and his mother is basically not Dying. telling him the truth about anything. Well, she's kind of incapable of it with the, with the dementia. Whatever you say, Henrietta. Um, was that the nurse? Of the, anyway. Mm-hmm, mm. That's Holly um, Hawk's mother, Henrietta. Yeah. The, uh... The one, the one, the one funny thing, well, kind of, c- kind of connected, is that uh, Todd ends up as like some kind of uh, CEO he's, he's, type yeah. of the "What Time Is It" website, which does exist. Um, we have a lot of things we need to say about that. Uh, one, I, I do think, I really like how much they develop Todd as an asexual? Yes. Yes. I actually really appreciate that. I do. And also, pretty much every girlfriend he's been involved with after that has also been very sensitive to that. Well, at one point he's dating another asexual, so... But, I mean, they haven't been forcing it. Oh, my God, the porn family. Oh, my God, the porn family. We're about to talk about, you know, bottled lube. Excuse me, barreled lube. That was, like, a family heirloom that came from, like, one of their grandmothers or something. God damn it. And that the mother basically was so interested in somebody not being fucking interested in her. Oh, my God, it turns into a Benny Hill sketch by the end of it. I would have um, said, you know, Scooby-Doo, but all right, we'll go Benny Hill. Oh, no, by the end of it, when they're all slipping on the... that's that's. I honestly think Yakety Sex may have been playing during that scene. Um, Todd eventually uh, wants to figure out how to please a girl that he wants to date, or I, I can't rekindle... Re- I can't remember her name. Yeah, but Like he, I said, she's an interesting character. They dated when they were in high school. They started the fucking Uber company together. Yeah, yeah. And I can't remember her name. And so he builds sex robot. He builds Harry Fondle, who is easily my favorite character this entire. Here's the thing: that could be a one. Entire show. Like I said, that's a one-off joke. They built it so well the fact, and so fucking good. And spoiler alert: the sex robot becomes the CEO of this company. After, actually, I by think saying maybe the he was most the ridiculous eagle. sex things, like, all it talks about is like fucking ass and coming. That's all the robot talks about. Thanks, thanks for that, CEO. my dear. You're welcome. And Ugh. and at the very end of the season, 
he starts running low on power, and when he actually starts saying robotic things like low battery, insufficient power, that's when he gets popped for sexual harassment and taken down, quote-unquote taken down, by a Me Too movement. I fucking loved that. Once again, masterful stroke of comedy. Can we have a side conversation that you may not like? Um, I would say yes, but um, in terms of... It has to do with Sean Penn. I would say in regards to time, no. Okay. Um, I will never watch anything with Sean Penn ever again. Because his face looks like a potato? No, because he told that and said that the Me Too movement was designed to separate men from women, despite the fact he's been accused of sexual assault many times. A, look at him. Um, That's not the point, though. He literally said that women coming forward... And in fact, Me Too is not specifically well, female. People coming forward and saying something that happened to them was designed no, to fucking we're, we're, separate we're gonna, the sexes. We're going to skip this because it's not supposed to be a political show. Um, and I have I have opinions that th- this would be another 40 minutes. Um, well, you know, I can't say what I used to say, but I'll say what I say now. I hope he shits himself. You hope he shits himself? Well, I'm not allowed to say I hope he dies in a fire anymore. Why not? I'm kind of a Jew. Okay, other people die in fires, not just Jews. Yes, but if like you say that, years no, ago. but like I said, but first of all, no. Like I said, it's just one of those, you shouldn't say anything where you wish somebody dead, you just wish them to be punished. So I should wish him to shit himself, not to die a horrible way. I hope he dies shitting himself. During a fire. I hope the fire makes him shit himself. Like I and said, he dies. He's, he's been shit accused of I hope he assault. dies in a fire with a pan, pants full of chili cheese. I repeat, he's been accused of assault many times. Not just sexual assault, but actual assault. Yeah. And well. he basically told people that were bearing their soul about something awful that happened to them that they should fuck off. It's a complicated world. Oh, by the way, we're not going to watch whatever Sean Penn series has him going to the Mars. We're not watching that. I wasn't aware that was a thing. It's on Hulu. We're not fucking watching it. Okay. Well, let's move on to something. Speaking of things you shouldn't watch, Deb. Solo. A Star Wars story. Still haven't watched it. Go ahead. It's I fun. Literally it's better than I thought it would be. I have only one motivation to watch it. Lando. Yeah. Donald Glover. He is the reason to watch it. No, he's literally the only motivation I have to watch it is that just and a Donald very, Glover. Very intense. Paul Bettany. Oh, I'm sorry. They had two directors on that. Do you think he was Technically intense? Technically three. Well, I wasn't going to say that, but I thought that. Because there's Miller and Lord. And and then like, I said, like I said, do, Howard, do, we, do we want to talk about that or not? Because, I mean, was he intense because he was so <coughs> fucking pissed off? Or was he intense well, because he got good No, he was intense because that was the character. I mean... Also, he, he it's it Paul well. fucking Bettany. We love him. I didn't even know he was in it. Um, I liked it. I, so I I'm glad it. it wasn't a trilogy. I'll say that. I think they were setting some stuff up, but... Um, and they failed and had to fucking hire I, someone else. You know, I, I honestly think the hype kind of killed it, because it wasn't that bad of a movie. It really wasn't. I don't think it was the hype that killed it. I think it was they didn't know how to market it, and they fucking took the wrong script and the wrong directors. Well, I think, you know, remember when I was talking about the whole Edgar hey, Wright Disney, thing? Hey, Disney, you probably shouldn't have done this. 
you know the whole Edgar Wright thing that I was talking about with Ant-Man where where they wanted Edgar Wright to make a Marvel movie but Marvel didn't want an Edgar Wright movie exactly so I think that they they, Kathleen Kennedy who I have my opinions about um, for good or for ill uh, they brought in Lord Miller to add like a comedic tweak on you know usually a straightforward sci-fi you know you know, not Rogue One, but like a roguish character. Here's the thing, though. And I watched a right film recently. I rewatched World's End. Mm-hmm. You know what the best part about World's End is? The soundtrack. And that's the best part oh, about... Oh, that's not true. That actually is true. And that's the best part about Baby Driver. It's the soundtrack. Well, Baby Driver, that's like half, literally half the movie. But I mean, um, that's right. I don't know. I mean, if you get a chance to see Solo... Um, I'm sure I can watch it for free fucking easily. The thing is, I have zero fucking motivation other than Donald Glover. Because you and I both basically fell in love with community. Amongst other things, people do other work. Like what? It's good. Um, well, other than Childish Gambino. He might have won some Emmys for something. Atlanta. Yeah. Um, Atlanta, that's almost like BoJack level. They're episodes that are no. They're episodes that are really hard to watch, but it's very worth it. Okay, for the sake of time, we're not going to get through. We're not going to get through this list. Uh, there's no way. Um, well, time's not a factor for me, but still. I swear to God. Um. So. Uh, I saw quiet, Rancid and... Huh? Huh? I, I was being an asshole. Sorry, continue. Uh, Deb, you noticed my shirt? I did. Uh, I kind of barely read it. Um, I really can't, and I was going to ask you about it, but you it said you went to... It is my new a... Rancid shirt. They still tour? Yeah, I saw them with Bad Religion and Pennywise uh, a couple weeks ago. It I'm was sorry, I'm gonna text, fucking awesome. I'm going to text my ride right now. Um... Well, I mean... Despite the fact that I had a recent similar incident where I kind of wanted to see System of a Down and, um, you know, Spider Zombie. And Spider Zombie? What is Spider Zombie? I'd have to fucking look up his band. It's Rob Zombie's younger brother. Power Man 5000. There you go. 5000? 500. 5000. It's 5000. Is it 5000? It is Power Man 5000. They had like one hit, right? Yeah, Stars Collide. Yeah, that was it. You had that, but you didn't have the band name. Uh, I do now. I don't... Yeah, I don't... Neither one of those bands really hit me, but... Man, I'm sorry, but Rancid's and Out Came the Wolves was a transformative album for me. Okay, I mean, here's the just thing. I have zero right problems age, with... I have no right problems genre. with Rancid. They put out good albums. I'm just not that into them. Mm, that's and, not 100% true. And frankly, I feel still really fucking sorry for their singer. Who's basically a beard with a heroin addict growing out of it. Um, Tim Armstrong did not look great. His wife left him. That was how many years ago? She left him for the Eagles of Death Metal singer. That's not O-fucking-K. I know, but... And I mean, I don't mean they broke up and she started dating him. She literally left him for that man. I know, they played two songs about about it. I'm very well aware. Here's the thing. You know when I saw the Eagles of Death Metal? When they were fucking opening up for Nine Inch Nails. Stop whispering. Be good. Um, 
Uh, I would say... I re- get that he has problems and his life's fucked up, but dude... No, this is stuff get some like decades fuck- ago. And I repeat, dude, get some decades fucking ago. therapy and some medication and you'll do better. And he was medicated, all right. Not enough. He was, he was slipping on some of the solos and Ryan leaned over and went, I think the heroin kicked in. I went, or it's wearing off. <laughs> um, honestly, but they still put on a good show. I'm a little impressed because it's hard to find heroin in Colorado. I'm sure he's got it with him. Um, Just saying. But I will say, Rancid, being, they put on a great show. I remember every word from... Well, they played Tenderloin off of Let's Go, which is a really, really good pull for... Really good fucking um, I mean, Let's Go is one of those kind of unsung hero albums from Rancid. Uh, they didn't play that much off of Indestructible, which was nice, because I did not like that album at all. Um, most people did not. It was the first album they did after he did The Transplants. Which, the transplants are The transplants right. has a few fucking problems. Here's the thing. You know what the best part about the transplants is? How fucking good Travis Barker... they playing no, music? How fucking good Travis Barker's drums are. Everything else, not great. I am of the opinion I wish Travis Barker would have died in that plane crash instead of DJ What's-His-Name. AJ. Um, AM? It was AM. I was more saying if you knew it's it not. It's not DJ AJ. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure DJ AJ does exist. I'm sorry, M. We have a new nickname for you. DJ AJ. We're it's calling you Digadge. Digadge. I don't know. I don't DJ AJ. She's like, I don't like that. Please don't make it stick. <laughs> You're our morning girl that takes care of us. You DJ. are DJ AM. I will give you that. I do what I can. Yeah. Um, Bad Religion was fucking amazing. I'd never seen them before, and that is a bucket list band for me. The thing is that to Bad Religion... To it's, see it's Stranger Than Fiction live was... No, but it's one of those things with Bad Religion where it's kind of like a lot of other bands that we grew up with where the singer may not be able to move anymore. Oh, he does. And, but I'm just saying, the song and the feeling and the voice will be just as good as it originally His voice was, hasn't changed. even if the performance isn't. They literally played it. Do you, do you remember the Suffer EP? No. Not even a little bit. It was their first um, their but first EP. They played it in its entirety. That's the best part about punk shows. It was at Fiddler's Green, which if you're not from Colorado, <laughs> is like an open air venue. It's not as good as Red Rocks. No, it's not. But which they is were the first gonna... place the Beatles played in America. Um, and it's kind of it's an amphitheater, kind of a smaller amphitheater in in an area that has now been like developed as residential, so the shows end early. Um, but you can also just jump on the fucking train, so you don't have to drive out there. Mm, However, jumping on the train after a show, no, not the, great. The, the, Did they move light rail? No, but the, the Arapaho station is like not really close to that at all. I don't know if it's stopped after that. Though. No, there's a very close light rail station to Fiddler Screen. Why? Because I went and saw Nine Inch Nails and Jane's ride. Addiction and took light rail home. At Apple. Was that the Ninja Tour? Yeah. Was that Fiddlers? Yeah. That had to have sucked. I mean, that it couldn't go on longer. Um, but the um, nice part about First seeing- of all, that was before they really had those problems. And second of all, not to be an asshole, but Jane's Addiction went first and Nine Inch Nails went after. So I arrived in the middle of Jane's Addiction's set and saw all of Nine Inch Nails. Good. Um, um, so we saw the Fiddler's Green Sculpture Garden, which is basically an Alice in the, I was going to say, Wonderland Garden with beautiful sculptures. You're the only person that can go to an engine show and talk about sculpture. Um, I've been out back there a lot because of ingress and there's a lot of portals. Sorry. Um, but I will say, you know, despite it like kind of wrapping up early, er, for a concert, um, the nice the nice part about punk shows 
is that when they only get to play for like half an hour, 35 minutes, that's like almost 20 songs. <laughs> like, that's still really they, good. Black, Bad Religion played an entire EP front to back. They played All of Suffer, which was fucking awesome. And I was like, there's no way they're going to be able to play the whole... I was like, yep, yep, that's about 20 minutes. Yep. I do have to God say, though, because of the Ninja Tour, we jumped on the right rail to get home, and I was riding home with my friend Anna, who you've met many times. Yes. And unfortunately, she lived in Five Points at that time. And now I want you to imagine riding home on light rail with a bunch of drunk concert goers through Five Points. I don't have to. You've done it. It's not great. I've done it with Eagles Jimmy Buffett. Drunk seven-year-olds crammed into a train. Drunk. And Horrible. I mean, it's, it's Colorado. It's not a bad neighborhood, but it's a neighborhood where you need to be aware of your surroundings. I will say, before we get to... You know what? We're, I'm going to use this as a springboard right into the usual ending nonsense. Well, you do have a social contract. Yeah, which is at the end of all that. Um, Continue. Mistakes I made. I accidentally I tucked my dress into my panties when I was peeing. Way to keep it short. I like that. Uh, mine will be short as well. Uh, mistakes I made. I realized when I sold out. Um, well, let me see. I can't pinpoint the exact moment, but I can tell you when I realized I had um, was when I was at the punk show, Red Punk, remember that, people? Punk show, uh, wearing a polo shirt, drinking a Diet Coke, and looking at my Apple Watch. I was the man. Now, bear in mind, I was only wearing a polo shirt because I didn't want to put my cigarettes in my pocket, I, I, so I had the shirt with a pocket on it. I don't care. Um, you couldn't just it was, wear it was a fucking t-shirt and roll them form. into your sleeve. It was function over form, and I I, I, I stand by my decision. Um, you know, I'm still covered. I mean, I'm still covered in tattoos and shit. Like it's not like you can't. Yes, tell. but one of them we really need to get covered. Yeah, we do. Badly. Um, oh, uh, I meant oh, to okay. ask you about something. Okay. I made a weird decision, and I'd like to know your opinion on it. Is this it. one you brought up earlier? No. Okay. I decided the tattoo I wanted to get done down my left side. It's the key to hell from Neil Gaiman's Sandman. I've thought about it. Um, I mean, I need to find the right artist that can draw it correctly, but it basically, to me, looks like a piece of bone or coral that yeah, has yeah, been carved yeah. into porous, a key. Porous rock, yeah. porous metal. Yeah. Um, how I, big? About a foot? Give well, it'd take. be basically from top of tit to bottom of ribs. <laughs> That's going to feel fun. Um, Considering how goddamn awful the tattoo on my right side was, and that was for two reasons. One, okay, sorry, three reasons. Keep them short. One, I was not in a good mental place for it. Two, that shit fucking hurts when it's in your armpit. Yep. And three, I was with a tattoo artist who's very talented, but is notoriously heavy-handed at... Yeah, I, I've, I've sat under a heavy hand. It's not fun. And like I said, it's a beautiful tattoo. It's fucking perfect. But like I said, I was not mentally in the right place. And it was in my fucking armpit. Yeah, I Thank mean, you, my okay, dear. I think, I think it, at this point, like, it's not... No, I might literally have to fucking dose myself before I can get something done on that left side. Well, don't. Um, no, I didn't mean with heroin or anything. Just like a no, little no. oxy. Still no. Okay, just like a lot of oxy. Still no. Um, yeah, I don't think it's like as stereotypically goth anymore. Mm-mm. Um, and really, I just suddenly realized, um, would I would be a terrible hypocrite. But it's if I not said, why I wanted it in the slice. 
the golf I, I, I'm, I can probably guess the meaning off air, but um, and of course I, I would be a, 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 a hypocrite uh, if I said didn't don't don't get a Neil Gaiman or Sandman tattoo, as Itch. I have a Sandman tattoo signed by Neil Gaiman. Um, Actually, that's something funny that happened this week is that I was separating all of my comics, and I found my single issue death comics and my I feel sick comics. And then I also found my Johnny the Homicidal Maniac singles, and so did Eric. And so apparently they have to sit next to each other in our fucking organization. Johnny's a hard reread, I'll tell you that right now. It's a very hard reread, but I'd reread it's, Squid, it, it, and I feel sick as many times... Like, I said Squeed, excuse me. I said I'd reread Squee, and I feel sick as many times as I fucking could. Yeah, we'll talk about it off there, but... Um... It's not important. If you liked this, check out some of our other shows like Mr. Right, Exotic Liability, and No Applause, Just the Clap. You can find us at www.bacnpodcast.com and by searching for BACN on iTunes and Stitcher. Oh, yeah.